if we ask ourselves the right questions, we get great answers. So how do I do this? You know, Mm -hmm. now it's in your mind. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 88. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. I don't know about you, but I get really inspired by looking at what everybody else is doing. And I love seeing people do really, really well. I know some people get like really jealous and they go, ah, like they don't deserve it and stuff like that. But I just get such a buzz of going, that is such good news. And I think we can learn so much by looking at what other people do well and sort of filling our gaps in our knowledge and skill set by being inspired by those people. Yes, I agree with that. Hey, this is Rob and Kennedy from Response Suite. Dead excited to be here with you. We're chatting to Kirsty Carden today. We are, and we're going to be talking about, well, Kirsty was, I mean, she's done some amazing stuff. One of the things she did is she interviewed a whole bunch of really successful business people, multi-millionaires, I think they were. And today she's going to tell us sort of the big things that she learned by interviewing all these people and what the common characteristics they are that we can all sort of take away and go and implement ourselves. But, I mean, before we get into that, I want to know what is Rob's quote of the week? Yes, because as they say, wandering trailers ain't got no horses. I love that. You almost did it in a little sort of uh, sort of Atlanta, Georgia <laughs> accent there. I'm not going to emphasize that. Ain't, do it again. ain't got no tra- ain't got no horses. Yeah, ain't like got that. no horses. Ain't got no horses. A double negative there as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. If you are absolutely in love with email marketing and realize that you would like to get more out of your email marketing, please do go and subscribe to our brand new podcast, The Email Marketing Show, on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you'll find that comes out every single Wednesday. And if you want to watch us on a video, you'll find that on a Thursday on the old YouTube. So go and hit subscribe to that as well. Every single week, we're chatting about email marketing, how to use it in the modern world in order to grow our businesses. We've been going for a couple of months now and loving it. The feedback's been amazing. It's been great. And we've got some great guests because every other week we have a guest on who we talk about it. And obviously in the in-between times, it's Rob and I sharing with you our strategies, our research, and what we've been working on as well. But don't let that put you off. Go and register, go and subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. You'll find it on all of your favorite podcast players and YouTube, as Kennedy said. Will, will indeed. So Kirsty Carden, I think I came across Kirsty because I saw her on the old LinkedIn machine. Funnily enough, so did I. And I sent you a message and said, oh, this girl knows what she's talking about. We should probably talk to her. And you said, I've already sent her a message. That's so funny how the world of influence works. So I think we'll stop gabbling on and we'll get straight into talking to Kirsty. Hey, Kirsty, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How's it going? Good, good. How's it going for you? We're doing very, very well. I want to talk to you about decisions. Yeah. Decided. That's what we've decided. We decided to talk about decisions. <laughs> it's a bit meta. It's, isn't that very, very meta of you there? Very nice. I like that. Thank you. And, and because one of the things we do, all of us, as entrepreneurs, business owners, marketers, whichever stage in the business we're at, is every single day, basically we're decision machines. That's all our brains do. We just make decisions every single day of our life. Like we look around the room, even on the basic level, we look around going, oh, is that a table? Oh, is that a chair? Who's that a door? Is that door open? Like all we do all the time is make decisions. And actually, when we get to this level in our businesses, those decisions just get more challenging. They just get more, more difficult. And so how do we know, based on your work, how do we know for making good decisions? Because there's a bit of confidence to be pulled out. You're thinking, oh gosh, I've never, I've never done this before. We're growing. I've never made this kind of decision before. How do I know it's a good one? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So like um, I said, like I've been interviewing six, well, seven, eight, nine-figure business owners and mm-hmm. I found there's a really distinct model like a blueprint of exactly what they do when they make like the best decisions in their business so you know if we want to be making good decisions which I think we all do right you know we're making them all the time so it makes sense to get good at it it makes sense to follow something that's already working and when I interviewed multiple people that are doing so so well there were certain traits that every single one of them did so they were doing it kind of in a similar order the same types of things yeah, and uh, it, it meant that they had these decisions in business, which took them right to the to the next level. Um, and we we looked at other decisions that they made, and they followed the same pattern over and over again. Um, so You're like a modern day Napoleon Hill, <laughs> countryside wow. of the world, interviewing <laughs> successful people, figuring out what their success habits are, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I like. Why that. on earth did you even before we get into what this what what these decision these different steps of this model that you come up with? Why what what why did you start doing this in the first place? Was this a thing you were curious about for no reason or? Yeah, so so yeah, so I'm an NLP master, so it's part of that, like uh, doing a modeling project and something that I could present to my own audience. So I did a presentation over it, and it was something that I wanted to go deep into. But I've always been obsessed with trying to understand really, like that, you know how different people make different decisions and, and really I suppose having that really rich successful mindset because mm. like that, you know at the end of the day you know we can be doing the same types of things but other people are getting really different results you know we can be doing the same stuff but doing it in a completely different way so I was really always been really interested in how to cultivate that success mindset so when I was doing this I was looking for people that had done really well and I had to think of something really specific that I could model so making a decision and looking at something that was worked really really well made sense because you can apply it to so many different things right so whether you're kind of deciding you know what's my next move in my business you know, do I want to create membership science speaking from my own experience now that's the next thing I'm doing you know or like do I want to start speaking or should I approach that investor there's like certain things that you can check in with so you're not procrastinating and wasting time like you can actually check in with a few things which will help you know that you're kind of on the right path Okay, let's dive into this. So where does this all begin? What's the sort of starting point for this framework or this process? Yeah, so I suppose, so when we want to make a change, like anything, so any decision we're going to make, uh, especially when it comes to like something big in our business, right? If we're thinking about a big decision we want to make, something we want to shift up, it starts with that that feeling, that need, needing to like move, like that, that need to shift. So again, it's that whole thing of like, oh, I've done this for a while. Maybe I want to try this or it's like, I've been doing this for, you know, I've been at this kind of level and I want to go to the next level, right? So whatever it is, it's like this, this feeling within you. So every single person I spoke to had this need to shift, you know, this need to like do something different. And when it comes down to it, every, every shift kind of aligned with whatever they believed, what their identity was, what their goals were. And it was really from a place of kind of expansion rather than a like desperation or fear so rather than making a decision out of fear like oh god I really need to do this because I you know I need to make this money or um you know it feels forced in any way it's more from like okay let me look at my business where am I taking it what's the future like some a very expansive energy of like wanting to move into so it all kind of came with this feeling of like I've been doing this for a while I, I need to shift something needs to change um, and firstly, so is this motivated usually by a financial gain of well actually I want to have a bigger income and I want to have a bigger house and a better car and all that sort of good stuff or, or at this level 
are these super successful people, are they really motivated by legacy or by contribution? What, what was that sort of yeah. main trait of the reason for that shift? Yeah. So, so yeah, it, well, it wasn't so much about money. Like people didn't really mention money at all, mm-hmm. even though as a byproduct, the money happened. So they, yeah. So pretty much everyone, obviously a byproduct was that, that wasn't actually the motive. It was, yeah. Per, yeah. Purpose. Uh, one in, a lot of this stuff was around expansion, like wanting to leave more behind. So some of the people that I interviewed, you know, they were doing things like putting out content, right? Like you guys are right now. Like, so that there was, there was bits of them left behind and that they were everywhere and like, you know, property and, and buying different properties or investing in different businesses. And it's this feeling to kind of expand and, and kind of be more and contribute more though. They still knew it came from a place of still selfishness, right? Still about them. You know, it wasn't all about, you know, I'm this amazing person. I just want to give, give, give. It's still like very connected that this is something that's going to help me and it's going to make me feel good. You know, it's, it is about me, but it's this need to kind of expand. So and it seems like that, that, that whole that growth mindset seems to be hardwired. There's people of, well, actually this is kind of easy now. Yeah. It's challenging every single day, but the next thing, if I, if I push up the income level to that next bracket, if I go from a million to a billion, and then but we're playing a different game on a very different roadmap. And, yeah. and or if we enter a new market, we're going to be entering completely new challenges. So it's very yeah. much a growth mindset. It, yes, also, it also seems like this sort of feeling of wanting to shift also comes actually from a place of sitting comfortably. It's not from a place of discomfort. It comes yeah. from, it sounds like that anyway. Yes, like, it, is that right? I, yeah, I found, definitely. I found comfort is a lovely, pluffed up, comfy chair. Right. I'm not uncomfortable. <laughs> I love, yeah. and I'm addicted to that discomfort. Yeah, so, it's interesting, isn't it? Because because in marketing, you so often hear like market people that you know they're not in a good place. They're like you know they're they're, they're you know they're they're wanting some you know they're in like kind of uh, they want to be pushed, right? You hear a lot about like people that need to be pushed and they're they're kind of in this place where they need they need it right now or that kind of thing. Mm. When actually this, and I suppose it's because of the, you know, what we're looking at here. We're not looking at people that have just started a business or something. We're looking at people that are already doing really well. They're now going to those next real high levels. So it really is from like, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that I'm comfortable, but I, I need more than this. So yes, it was never from desperation or any of that. And, and actually many of them mentioned that their worst decisions that they made was from that place. It was from a place of like lack of desperation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like feeling. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes absolutely true because you can't be creative when you're busy in in the survival sort of firefighting mode. So at this point, we've sort of decided, you know what it is? I'm a bit too comfortable. I'm not challenged. A bit like when you go to the gym, I've heard of these places called gyms. And, you know, you have to keep increasing the number of weights on the bar to keep the the resistance up. So it's constantly a challenge to be growing that that business muscle. So then we're going to start probably looking around at like, how do I actually do this? Don't I? Yes. Yes. And that is the next one. So it's like, yeah, how do I do it? So it's, it's the logical part, isn't it? It's like, okay, I feel the need to shift. How am I going to do it? So this was when the research went in, people were like looking for the answer. Um, a lot, a lot of them would like when spoke to someone else. So often a mentor, um, another really interesting thing to say is that pretty much well, actually every single person I interviewed, they all had mentors of some, of some sort. They, everyone had a mentor they checked in with. So reflecting on someone else, speaking it out, you know, um, and actually going out there and just asking yourself the question, right? We know if we, you ask the question, you start noticing things, don't you? You start seeing things and you start, you know, we all have Google, right? You start, you know, Googling, as everyone does, and you search and you, you know, a lot of people kind of went into this space where they just found something and it went deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was the 
kind of the evidence to support them doing this decision, you know, and obviously what you ask, you're going to find, you know. So, yeah, it's really the how do I do this was the, was the next part. Now, as we start to sort of collate that research, we start to know what, you know, what this is going to include and what it's not going to include. Like, what do we do next? How do we start to put that into some sort of action and know what it's going to look like, I guess? Yeah, yeah. So, so after they kind of found, found the research, there was like, once they got all the kind of information together, there was, that was when it went into kind of more of the internal. So this is kind of, you know, the feeling is still obviously connected kind of internally. We've got the, how do I do this? It got, becomes quite, um, you know, analytical, right? You know, NLP, I'd say auditory or digital. It's like, it's quite, you know, researchy, but then it goes back into like this feeling that everybody started saying that it's like this knowing. So once they started finding the evidence that supported what they wanted, um, it was this feeling of like, oh my God, I know this is, this is what I want. And it was often met with like an image or something. So I'm sure um, many people listening now, yourselves included, like when you had a vision for something or something you wanted, you, you created a physical vision. So many people had images of them. It could be themselves on stage in front of lots of people or, um, you know, an image of them getting the yes. So people that had like, you know, lost for investment or something like that. So they actually had a really, really clear, compelling image of something and also a feeling within their body where it was this kind of commitment, this, this knowing, this like, yeah, this is the right thing. This is the right thing. Um, That's really that amazing. Yeah. So. so, so you're getting that real vivid sort of, you can see it, smell it, taste it, you know, kick off all those emotions. Right? Is that a thing where people start to put pen to paper now and really start to, um, you know, in terms of like mapping out what it's going to look like as opposed to just what all their research said, like, what does that start? Or is yeah. it literally just a mental exercise? So I suppose that's it kind of then interlinks to the next part, which really is, yeah, it's, it's the commitment. So it's making the decision. So there's a difference between obviously going, oh, you know, I've got the feeling, done the research, I know, but then it's that commitment. So every single person made some kind of commitment. So, you know, this is like declaring it, declaring it in some way or like, you know, you know, finding a mentor, like putting some money down or like it's about something about putting some skin in the game, right? Mm. That you can't walk back on. There was really interesting one where um, one of the people I interviewed, she, um, she went and sent an email to her mentor and she just went, you know, I'm completely committed. I'm doing this. And like, even though it was to her mentor, it was to herself. And when we kind of reflected on it, she realized that, you know, it was, even though she wrote it to her, it was really, it really helped her in those hard moments. And every time she had any doubts or insecurities, she kept reading that letter and, and like having, um, she could feel into how she felt that moment she made that decision. And that kept her going in all the hard times she was able to do that. So even though that was written to somebody else, it was kind of a letter to herself and it kind of reaffirming why she did it and how she felt at that moment she'd made that decision. So, um, you know, I think it is like it's speaking to someone. It's, it's really committed. Often it was linked to, if you, you know, again, if it's an area you don't know, you know, it's like, you know, learning how to do that, you know? So if you're making a decision around an area of business that you've never been in, I know for me, you know, I've recently done it with saying, I'm going to have a, a much bigger membership than the course that's, that I have. So I got a mentor that specializes in memberships. Right. And that was my commitment. You know, I got that call and that's going to help me with those steps. So there's many people that did that kind of thing. You know, it was like, who can help me here? How can I completely commit to this? So that, you know, I've, I've actually made a commitment. So it's a feeling within you, a commitment where you know you're going to not go back, but it's actually kind of doing something to kind of affirm that commitment to yourself and others as well. 
And where, you know, with this commitment piece, obviously we are going to start to move in now, I guess, to talking about how we're going to start to make this decision come to life. Where does sort of accountability fit into this, this commitment piece? Is this something, obviously there's mentors like you've just said, but is this something we should be sharing publicly potentially? Is this something, where does that fit in to make sure that we are more likely to follow through with this? Yeah, it's interesting because it, it depended on somebody's decision, what they did. So um, someone who did like, a, you know, a really big event they threw on, they wouldn't have kind of told anyone publicly to a little bit later, you know, until it was right. They got certain, certain things in place, but right. they did to kind of their team, to their, you know, um, their mentor, like immediate people. So it depends on like kind of, I suppose, which, what, what stage they're at. It was as far as like, how many people they kind of account, you know, keep accountable to. And some people, again, as they started, went from commitment and they started doing the new thing, they did it in ways where it meant they got comfortable with it before they went really big with it. So mm. someone who um, started becoming, again, he was really successful in business and he added speaking to what he did, which like completely transformed his business. But he would go to smaller speaking gigs or he would do speaking gigs abroad in countries where people didn't know him to get his confidence up. So he was doing it, but he wasn't doing it like, in you know straight there out there to like everyone that kind of already knew him you know so it's still committed it's still doing it but in a way where you're I suppose you're kind of you're slowly kind of becoming it rather than throwing yourself in the deep end this is really good because one of the things I've, I've noticed is a lot of this goes back to modeling. This is all about looking at what successful people have done and paved the way and said, basically proven that this thing is possible. And one of the fundamental beliefs of NLP is if somebody else has done it, all you've got to do is look at the patterns, success leaves clues and do all of that. NLP, as we all know, stands for uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And that is what you will call a segue into our first game of this episode. Yes, indeed. As we always do, we put together a very special game exclusively for you, Kirsty. Uh, mm. As an NLP master, we know that NLP stands for what you're linguistic programming. Now we're going to go ahead and we're going to give you some other acronyms, nothing to do with business mostly or mindset <laughs> or any of that stuff. We're going to give you some acronyms and then you have to tell us what you think they might stand for. There's 10 of them in total. Here we go. Oh, DM. DM, did you say? Yes. Uh, direct message. Correct. One. Uh, number two is FOMO. F M O F O M O. Fear of missing out. Two. Excellent. CTR. Hmm, CTR. It's an emaily thing. Uh, I'm not sure. I know. As soon as you say it, I'm gonna be like, oh, of course. Click through rate. Next one is NSFW. Oh, yeah. Oh, so say that one again. Sorry. NSFW. NSW. I don't know. NSFW was not safe for work. Oh, okay. Ooh, that okay. sounds like co co corporate. Corporate. Pretty, yes, it does seem that way, doesn't it? LMK. Uh, let me know. Yes. Bit of a curveball in that one with the size. <laughs> uh, number six is RT. Not my initials. Something else. Oh. RT. It's a bit of an old school one. This one actually. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to know it. I'll give you a clue. Yeah, oh. something you might do on Twitter. Oh, do you know, I don't use Twitter. Oh, there you go. No, <laughs> it, was really it was really <laughs> tweet. Tweet. Oh, right. That's why I would not know that one. I don't. I don't. <laughs> KP, I'm not on. What's a KPI? Um, KPI. Is this the question, or are you yeah. asking me? Okay, yeah, KPI. Uh, KPI. Oh my god, KPI is. Why has my mind got blank? Um, <laughs> it's the pressure. 
And do you know, I know it's just a thing. I'm just like, KPI. There's, there's about a thousand people currently screaming at their wirelesses. I know. Why has my mind just gone blank? Oh, oh, just tell me, tell me, we're going to be here for ages. I go Terry Morgan on you. <laughs> it was key performance indicator. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Next one. This has become a popular thing of recent years. TBT. It's usually a hashtag. TBT. Um, throwback Thursday. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> UX. UX. I don't know that one. That's a user experience. And finally. Okay. Finally, finally, YOLO. YOLO. I had seen this one before. You're going to have to tell me. It was You Only Live Once. Oh. You've got, you got oh, a grand smash in total of four out of ten, though. That yeah. is <laughs> for some tricky numbers. It there. is. DM actually means something very different in our house. It's a really funny, awful, crude joke that I can't say on the podcast. All right. <laughs> DM stands for something else. I'll tell you later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you for that, that tease there. That if tease. you can guess what it is, don't, don't tweet don't, us. Don't tweet us because it's, <laughs> because it's NSFW. It is NSFW. It's not safe for work. It is. <laughs> NSFP. Not safe for podcasts. Yes. Anyway, back back to dragging and skipping and screaming back to. So we talked about making that commitment. And that could be like writing it down. Uh, that for me, when I launched a, a membership program, that was my commitment was I got my first newsletter, the first edition of the newsletter printed. I got like a few hundred of them printed, had them by my desk, and I said, I'm going to sell them. So I was absolutely committed. But then we've got to do something else to take that commitment and then really get to grips of how it feels to be like that, don't we? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is where it comes, where it's about kind of acting as if, you know, it's like actually acting if it's already happened. So if you're waiting on, if there's like a period of time before it actually happens, right, then it's, it's becoming that now, um, or it, it's doing it. So it's, it's taking the action. It's like expecting the email. It's, um, a lot of people again, kept seeing it, kept stepping into how it would feel, um, you know, so it's like kind of acting like it's happened before it has, or it's, it's becoming that now. So it's taking those actions. So in the case of um, the person that, you know, became a really, really successful speaker, um, uh, he was like, uh, like, you know, starting to do speaking gigs in different places. So he was, he was doing it on a smaller scale to what his vision was going to be. Um, but he, you know, he start he started doing, he started doing it in, in like, you know, smaller form. Um, so it's, it's actually, it's doing it and then it's feeling like it's already happened as well. It's that whole feeling of like, you know, when you sometimes achieve a goal, you don't feel that excited about it before because you kind of have achieved, feel like you've achieved it before you have because you start becoming it, don't you? Because you're, mm. you're doing all the things and you're expecting it. Like you, you, you become so, you know, entwined in it happening and, and knowing that it's going to come that it's, it feels like it already has. So that's what kind of everyone did was like kind of acting as if, feeling as if, being as if. And that's the whole thing. If you're taking action as if it's happened, it's kind of inevitable that it will, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, this reminds me, and I, we were talking about this earlier, weren't we? It reminds me of a book I read called Psycho-Cybernetics, if anyone's, not, if anyone's read it's that. like the original self-help book. If, yeah, it is. It's by Maxwell Maltz, and he, it, there was this amazing study in there, which I think it was a basketball team. I don't want to absolutely misquote this, but in my recollection, the way I've retold the story ever since in the last Come on, years, sunshine. Give us some sporting references. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this. So... The basket part of this basketball team were basically split into three, in, in, into, into thirds. One third were told, take the next month off, don't do anything, just chill, go drink beer. Another third 
were told to continue practicing every single day the way you do. And the other third were, for, were asked to come along every day and mentally rehearse playing basketball. So they had to sit and mentally do it, but they weren't allowed to physically touch a ball or bounce it or go on the court or anything like that. They had to court. It is a court. That was yeah. a real well done sporting reference. So there. they've got a couple of weeks out of physical practice. Out of physical practice. And the difference between the mental the mental rehearsal of versus the physically doing it was pretty much negligible. Of course, the people who didn't bother and didn't think about it and just got, got drunk all the time, that, that was a, they, they were terrible. But the difference between mentally rehearsal, uh, mental rehearsal or mental practice and physically actually doing it was negligible, which is yeah. just so, so powerful. Of yeah. course, as we go with this, you know, as we kind of, we're going like, to act like it was, I'm going to go and buy me Ferrari now. So I'll go and and I can see myself <laughs> I can smell the leather and the, and the, and the, and the good looking lady sitting next to me wearing chief perfume, you know, all the important <laughs> now, stuff. As we dive into it, you, I've got a good imagination. Now, as we dive into it, <laughs> as we dive into it, obviously things are going to happen. So for example, we're going to start to take action on that thing. And it's maybe not quite as easy as we thought it was the first time around and stuff gets in the way. Yeah. How do we sort of start to tackle, because self-doubt must come into this. How do we start to tackle that? Yeah, so self-doubt definitely is the next part. And for everyone, it was like universal. Self-doubt came in both from like themselves, but also from other people as well. So this is where, you know, like if you're trying to do something new, some of the people around you might not be so supportive of that, right? So, you know, it could be that other people are saying things like, oh, are you sure you should be doing that? Or, you know, whatever that is, you know, and, and that happened again for everyone. Um, and, but then there's also yourself, right? The, the internal dialogue, because again, if you've done, if you haven't done something, if you're, if you're doing something you've never done, then like, you know, it's taking you out your comfort zone. If you get out of your comfort zone, then of course, you know, it's almost like, those voices in your head, you know, turbo, they're there. They're like, oh, you should, you know, are you right for doing this? Can you do this? All that type of stuff. So um, I think the, the big difference was with these people, they heard it, they acknowledged it, but then they checked in constantly with their kind of, you know, everyone uses a different word, you know, it could be like the purpose or their higher intention, right? Again, and their identity as well. Um, and if it was in alignment with that, then they were like, no, you know, is this making, you know, is this bringing me towards X? So like I said, maybe, maybe your why, isn't it? It's your why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's your why, it's your purpose. It's like, you know, like I said, like, it was like a lot of thing about expansion. Like, is this taking me towards, yeah, this? what I, you know, why I am, is it in line with my values? So it was kind of checking in. And if it was like congruent with that, then it's like, you know, that's, that's fine. I'm going to carry on. Um, many of them, obviously it wasn't the first time they experienced this. So it's like, you kind of, you know, get used to that happening. You know, those voices come in your head. So it's like, this is kind of part of the process. And um, some of the, one of them got really, really ill as well. And she was again aware. Um, I told her about like kind of upper limits and this kind of thing. And she was like, oh, I knew that happened, but I didn't know anything about that. And it's this whole feeling of like, when you're trying to expand or create something different, your body's going to try and keep you safe. So often people will become ill or self-sabotage in some way. Um, and when I presented this before, actually, it was a lot of people they were becoming stuck at the kind of acting as if actually actually doing it. And then it's the self-doubt, which is kind of stops people. But it's like, if you can just push a little bit further and if you can just ex 
you know, um, accept that this is inevitable. But I think it's making sure so that it's so that it is your successful decision because every decision is going to be different for everyone, right? Um, so that it's, it is, it needs to be in alignment with where it is you're overly, you know, you're going. Like where are you heading? You know, you said your why or your purpose or your goals and your values. Like if it's in alignment with those things, it's going to take you there. But if you check in and you're like, oh, actually, it's taking me away from this and that, or there's some conflict, that's when you need to obviously reevaluate and see if this is the right decision. You know, um, but for all those obviously who made a great decision, it was so they they pushed on. It is only natural though at that point because you've gone through that beginning bit of that excitement of going, oh, I feel a little bit like I fancy like a bit of a change, and then you get excited about this new idea of what that change might be, and then you've got invalidated that through all that research phase, and you know that it's possible, yeah. and then you've you've sort of started to imagine what's going to be. You've even sort of played that how it's going to look in your mind. It can only be at that point where it's only natural that your brain goes, ha ha, this is all lovely. Can you just hold back because? What yeah. if not that? Or what if it all goes horribly wrong? Or what if you lose this? And yes. you, your brain at that point has to overcome and, and, and come up with reasons just to give you a bit of a reality check and let you know mm -hmm. about that. So once we've worked through that barrier, I know that's something you work with a lot of, a lot of people on and, and, and in, yeah. in such fantastic ways. What is that final piece of this? So we've had that self-doubt and we found our way through the barrier. Yeah. What happens? Well, you achieve it, don't you? So you achieve it. So, you know, if you carry on, you know, you carry on and you're taking the action, obviously the actions you're taking, they're going to be different depending on what the goal is. Um, but overall it's, it's, it's taking action. It's continuing those things. And like, just to say as well that, you know, when the self-doubt comes in, that's where also, you know, you, you check back in with the commitment. So the commitment really helps you in that part. Because if you've made that commitment and you've done something to cement that, you know, when you knew it was the right decision, then, you know, that's really going to help you stay on track, you know, which is like, I think why so many people, they did have mentors, they did have people that were there when, when these things came up to kind of go, come on you know, let's, let's keep doing this as well, you know? Um, so I think that's the important part to say, but yeah, it's, it's the achievement. So it's actually achieving the thing that you, you wanted. Um, of course, you know, it can start back again because as we know, as entrepreneurs, you know, we get to a certain point and then it's like, Oh, what's the next thing? Right. Um, but it's the achievement of this goal. Um, so yeah, but you have to, I suppose you have to keep, you have to keep kind of pushing through each of these stages. So we're at the end of that sort of model that you've created there. Do you want to just give us a quick rundown to review all seven steps of that model, just so we've got it all in our heads so we can really see the steps that we need, I mean, we, we can expect to have to go through? Yeah, sure. So the first one is the feeling. So it's that feeling of needing to shift, all right? I'm sure many people have ex experienced that right now or you've experienced it before where you know you need, to, you need to shift, you need to do something different in your business. You, you've got something you want to do. So it's the feeling of needing to shift. And then it's the logical part of like, okay, how can I do this? Where you do the research and you like speak to someone, you'll find a mentor. Um, and then it's the feeling of the, the, the knowing. So it's the knowing and where it's often meted with a compelling image of what it is that you really want. Um, and then it's the commitment. So it's making the decision and doing something to affirm that so that you're committed to that. Um, and then it's the acting as if it was or is. So it's taking the action. It's the, it's the visualization. It's, it's really becoming that. And then the next part is self-doubt will creep in from yourself and from others. And it's checking in and making sure it's congruent with where it is that you're going, your why, your purpose, and pushing through. And then you get the achievement of the goal. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's just, we, that now we know where we've got ahead and we can know, we know what's going to be on that track. 
Mm. We know we, we're going to have to, it's sort of predictable that we're going to go through it. Now, we're going to go ahead and interrupt proceedings for a second and final time in this episode to play our favorite game. Now, here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Kirsty. He's going to serenade you. <laughs> He's going to sing oh, a song. No, Kirsty, my friend. I'm, I want to just say sorry. In advance, <laughs> just showing him what song he's going to sing. Uh, he's going to sing a song for you. It's a well, very well-known song, uh, but he's going to sing it in the style of a traditional British pub singer. Now, that does mean that some of the words are going to be confused and hard to understand. Your job, Kirsty, and of course, dear listeners at home, is just to guess what, what song Kennedy sings. Okay. So then, Squire, take it away. I know it, but I don't know it. <laughs> I know the sound oh, and soon as you tell me. If you I act like you know it. If you act like you know it. I know. Commit. Remove the self-doubt. You'll achieve. You'll achieve. Oh, I don't. I, 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 I could get the sound of it, but I, I'm not sure what it is. Just give us a little blast so of the call. No, no, thank you. I'm good. That was uh, Whitney Houston, I will always love you. Oh. I will always. Oh. Bang on, wasn't it? Just bang on. Did we get it in the office? Oh. No. Oh, all right. I thought, I thought it was a pretty good rendition as well. So yeah. before we go into the, the quick fire round, one of the things I do want to talk about is we get to the end of this piece of achievement. Yeah. But then it seems to me that this is like a cyclical process because now we've achieved the next thing we set out to achieve, that new bit of business, that new market we want to penetrate, whatever it's going to be, that new vertical, whatever it's going to be. Don't we end up going back to the beginning going, oh, well, I've now, I've now fixed that up. Is this the same cycle now forever or does something change? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, I think it does because if you're, if you're doing something different, like if it's a different goal you're trying to accomplish in business, then you're going to kind of go through the same pattern again. Um, obviously, I think you do it and, and what seems to come out from it, and I, I you know, test that for myself as well, is obviously the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the kind of the quicker mm. you are to check in. So what happens is like the clearer you are with things like, you know, where it is that you're going, you know, uh, your, your identity, who you are, who you see yourself are, you know, your values, all these different things, you're actually going to make quicker decisions, you know? So if you know them obviously from your personal point of view, but really in your business, you know, what is my, what's my, you know, my brand values, you know, mm -hmm. what's my business stand for? The clearer you are on that, it's actually going to be easier to make these decisions because they're there, they're at the front of mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think the more you do it, it can become more of an automated process where you can actually kind of check in quite quickly because you're so you're, you're clear and you've done it before. Right. So I think um, that was really apparent that like, you know, having being really clear on, on what you stand for and, and what it is that your business stands for. And, mm. you know, all of these things means that it's actually, you know, somewhat easier for you to do it and quicker for you to make these decisions. So I'd always, I'd say for anyone to make sure that you're really clear on those things because you'll be able to also spot really great decisions and things coming at you, you know, coming uh, around you, like what, what you should, what you should do, what you should leave quite quickly and be able to make those decisions quicker by being really, really clear on those kind of fundamental things. And especially and they can really fuel that, aren't they? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Especially because like our businesses as they evolve as well, we've got to keep checking in, right? Cause you know, things may, may change. You may have want to 
add something to what your brand is all about and what mm-hmm. it represents. So, um, you know, checking in with that and knowing what that is, because that is going to help you make those, those better decisions. I love it. And at least you know that in that process, you're like, oh, I'm in this stage right now. I'm, I'm acting like it was at any minute. I'm going to hit that sticky bit, which is just a little bit yeah. tricky. I'm going to be like wading through the mud. But I can see it coming. And when you're in it, you go, yeah, this is normal. This is normal. Yes. And that's, and that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you for giving us that framework and sharing it with us, Kirsty. Appreciate it. We're going to head into our quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, give us a book that you recommend. Um, especially even relating to this, I would say Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap. I spoke about Upper Limits earlier and it, and it goes quite deeply into that. So that, that one. What's one of your top success habits? Something that you do regularly? So um, exercise. Um, and I'm still trying to do box fit because it, it's the only thing that can get me out of my, my head and into my body. So, you know, I always say, you know, if you can change your state, you can change, if you can change your physical state, you can change your mental state. So just something where you can kind of like move your body that shifts my state for me quickly. So definitely exercise. Boxing. You can just like kick the shit out of something for the fun <laughs> oh, of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> awesome. Give us an entrepreneur or a marketer that you look up to. So do you know what? What I'm going to actually say, um, I used to find him a little bit annoying. I'm allowed to say that. I used to actually, when I saw him online. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) no. Um, So yeah, so I used to find him, I found him, I started to find him a little bit annoying online, but I met him in person and he was so nice. Um, So, and that is Brendan Bouchard. So I think I I really like him because he's great at the marketing stuff and the high performance as well. And uh, yeah, meeting him in person, he was really, he really knew his stuff. He was really awesome. I love it. Yeah, Brennan's a great guy. Yeah. What are some of your favorite apps that you rely on you think others should know about? Um, oh my God, all of the apps. I, like, I have so many apps on my phone just because I like to be off my laptop as much as possible. Um, mm. One that I find that it's just, it has been really useful for me. There's one called, um, it's called HubDoc. Um, but for me, it's, it's really simple. It just connects my, so I can take pictures of my receipts and it links it to my QuickBooks. And it just mm. means that everything's really quick and I don't have to deal with anything to do with bookkeeping or accounting. It's just taken over. Because um, I used that years ago, I'd, I'd get like quite far behind, you know, mm. with like, Call the receipts, mm-hmm. but, this, yeah. <laughs> but this is a really quick process. It changed everything for me. Uh, yeah. I get that little app. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we we, we use something similar. Actually, uh, we use Receipt Bank, which is a similar thing. You take photos yeah. of your receipts, and it just it just pings them straight through. Big important that question here, Kirsty. So think carefully. Who do you like more, redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy? <laughs> do I have to choose? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, but if I have to, I suppose I suppose it'd have to be Platinum Kennedy, just because yes. I'm a little bit better. What's wrong with the world? <laughs> what was your reason? Just give me give me a reason. Um, so I, suppose I know you're a little bit better from LinkedIn and stuff. Ah, oh, there we go. That, that, give it time. But that puts some yeah, people off. Exactly. You know? <laughs> give it time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally, Kirsty, tell us all. Where can we go and find out more about you, what you're up to, and all that sort of jazz? Uh, just, just, well, you can just Google my name, Kirsty Carden, but if you go to my website, which is www.kirstycarden.com, um, then you'll be able to find more about me and I'm sure there'll be some, some goodies over there for you as well. Absolutely. Awesome. Links, links to all that stuff coming up in a moment. We'll tell you all about it. Kirsty, thank you so much for taking some time out to come and share this stuff with us. What a great decision. That was a really good decision. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsty. So there you go. A cookie cutter method to becoming a successful entrepreneur and marketer. Follow those little characteristics, follow those, get those attributes into your life and boom, 
I think it's really interesting to think about how you're going to action some of that stuff. You, you might think that's not for me, that's not for me, but then to take away one little thing and go, Do you know, I'm going to go and try that one thing and, and make sure there's action at the end of these things. Sometimes with all this mindset stuff, we've all been to those mindset events where it's all very woo-woo and very like, abstract, I think is the word I want to go for. Whereas with what Kirsty was saying there, if you can take actual actionable steps on those things and change your perspective and the way that you operate, then I think you're going to have some much better results than perhaps what you're already getting. What she's done really, really well is to systemize that process of adopting those attributes so that you it becomes quite easy. There's a lot in that episode, wasn't there? So we have got all the notes for you over at blog.responsesuite.com slash 088. And please do go subscribe and join us on the brand new podcast. I say brand new, been going for a couple of months now and absolutely loving it. The Email Marketing Show. So type in The Email Marketing Show into your favorite podcast player and on YouTube. Subscribe and we'll share with you exactly how to build your business using modern email marketing that really cuts through the noise and delivers great value while delivering you more sales and a growing business. We'll see you there. Don't miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.